Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. I'm joined by Matt Williamson. Matt, it has been a wild day with free agency starting, or I should say the legal tampering uh, period starting. DeAndre Hopkins trade, lots lots of craziness. We're going to have to record a special show this week just to cover all of this news. How are you taking it all in? Yeah, I mean, I'll, if you have DeAndre Hopkins, I'll gladly give you David Johnson for him, maybe even throw in a, a pick or two. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a crazy day. Yeah, I saw multiple people say if this was a fantasy trade, it would be it would be reversed. And uh, <laughs> Bill, Bill O'Brien does not get that luxury. So uh, we're not going to talk too much about about uh, the free agency and those moves today. Instead, we've got a great guest. We've got Hayden Winks from Roto World. And Hayden is just churning out content like none other, uh, with with a heavy focus on this incoming rookie class. So we're we're turning our attention back to the rookies, and we've got a great guy to do it. Hayden, how's it going? It's great. Obviously, pretty wild out here, both in real life and with uh, the NFL. But um, I'm just still all the way focused on this NFL draft class. Yeah, and and that's certainly coming through on your uh, with your content at Roto World. I think I read every piece you've put out over the past couple of days and uh, really very, very impressive stuff. Uh, you've got some analytics pieces out one per position. Uh, I believe those were pre-draft. Is that correct? Or pre combine, I believe. Yeah. So I went through all the fantasy positions before the, before the combine went over like the top 10 at each position. And then um, I created an adjusted spark metric that kind of takes mm-hmm. another step forward with the NFL combine information. And then I'm going to be redoing um, that whole process again to give it another update. Great. Curious. I'm sorry. Did you, did you rely on pro days as a backup for those? I mean, now that there's no pro days, that screw you up at all. Yeah. um, I I usually need, yeah, I was going to go back and do another update to get all the pro day numbers in there for the guys who didn't test. Um, Like obviously like JK Dobbins would have been helpful, but uh, I got T Higgins in there. Obviously that was kind of a disappointment with him. But, yeah, I'm just going to have to be relying on the combine. Gotcha. Uh, Hayden, you also have released your top 300, uh, kind of a, a big board and a mock draft. We'll we'll pull some information from all of those as we go through and kind of kind of summarize all of your work that you put in so far cool. for this rookie class. I'll here start with quarterback position, and it's a fun one. Like most, you've got Joe Burrow, Tua Tungavaloa as your top two top two quarterbacks. Uh, but a little bit of a surprise at quarterback three. You've got Jalen Hurts. Uh, he's he's your quarterback three. He's also your number four overall prospect on your uh, top three hundred. It, it seems like he's been a hot topic lately. If you just if you're part of fantasy Twitter, you've seen his name come up more and more. Kind of feels like he's he's gaining steam, gaining some value. What is it that that your model really likes about Hurts? Yeah. So. Um- First off, I want to separate what my model says and what my personal rankings are going to end up being. I've released my model's rankings. That's where you have Jalen Hurts coming as QB3. Um, That includes like a film grade, his production, and then some athleticism scores for the other positions. Um, My personal rankings will be a little bit lower, but I still like him above Jordan Love. Um, I think in my personal rankings, he'll be QB4 behind Herbert, obviously with Burrow and two as one, two. yeah, he was just super productive at Oklahoma. We saw some improvements both mechanically and in the box scores. Um, but the big thing that I think that's going a little overlooked is he's so young. He's still only 21 years old. 
I don't think he's going to get a starting job right away, but I think his total skill set lends to him being a part-time player, hopefully in the first year or two, and then maybe he can take off uh, and become a full-time starter. Is some of that a knock on Love? Definitely, yeah. The okay. yeah, Love's production and efficiency was just horrible. You don't really see that um, too often in the early part of the first round. Of course, like Daniel Jones was an exception. Josh Allen uh, a couple years prior. Um, he'll be going down that that same path. I think he'll end up being an NFL starter um, on his rookie contract. I'm just not going to be buying into it. <clears throat> let's let's talk about another player you don't seem to be buying into. It's Jacob Eason. He's you did release in that quarterback article, I believe, both your personal ranks and the and what your model spit out. And he was pretty low on both of those. What are the concerns about Eason? Yeah, so for a real life perspective, I did not like he had twelve touchdowns, seven interceptions against the Pac-12 last year, and that was after sitting out a full year because he had to transfer because he lost his quarterbacking job. And then specifically for fantasy football, it takes a lot to become a fantasy football asset if you're a pure pocket passer. And that's what Jacob Eason is. And if I'm going to be buying into that, he better have the production numbers of Joe Burrow, someone like Tua Tagovailoa. And Jacob Eason just not the athlete. I think he had negative 69 rushing yards last year. So that's not so nice. And yeah, I'm just not going to be buying into a, a player that can't run around, pick up first downs, and I'm not buying into his arm. Apparently, your your model stresses that a great deal. I mean, you like Hertz, you don't like Eason. Yeah. Is that safe to say? I mean, and that's where the league's going. Yeah, I think when in doubt, you're going to want players that can at least, if they're struggling as a passer early in their career, which most rookie quarterbacks do, they can at least be picking up some some yards on the ground, at least for fantasy. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> Folks, by now, most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online. The powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team, just like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to go see what all the buzz in the dynasty community is about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and believe it, even much, much more. Think it sounds complicated? It really isn't. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is it doesn't just take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. So if you think you're among the fantasy elite, well, this is a platform to test your mettle. Still not sure? You can test out your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use our promo code BLUEPRINT, all one word, then you receive 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. Hayden, let's move to the running back position right now. Uh, you've got Jonathan Taylor as your RB1, and on your big board, he's your 58th best player overall. And, and of course, that speaks more to how the running back position has been devalued across the league, not necessarily a reflection on Taylor. How do you suggest dynasty players balance this out? Because really since 2017, that strong running back class with McCaffrey and Mixon and, and Fournette and Kamara and, and all of those guys, the running back position has kind of come back in vogue. And and now where we were chasing wide receivers a few years ago, now it's back to the running back position. So when NFL teams are telling us they don't really value the position, what should dynasty players do with that? Yeah, I think for the most part, we could basically ignore it. I think draft capital will start seeing these backs slide back a couple extra spots. Like, I'm not sure if we're going to get a first-round running back this year. But Jonathan Taylor is my 58th overall 
prospect. I would mostly just ignore that. Uh, he, I think he's going to get drafted a little bit before that, but uh, that's not a knock against Jonathan Taylor. In my analytics top 300 big board, a positional value metric is adjusting for this. That's why you'll see the quarterbacks pushed up. That's why Jalen Hurts was the fourth overall prospect. That's why you'll see Jordan Love, who I'm not even a big fan of, be a top 15 prospect overall. Um, but not, but Jonathan Taylor specifically was a 96th percentile running back prospect. I mean, elite production, elite athleticism. There's basically nothing he can't do, especially if he can learn how to catch passes a little bit better. When coming out of school, how does he compare to you to Fournette, Chubb, some similar styles? Yeah, I think it's right there. Of course, when it comes to fantasy, the the landing spot's so huge. Um, but I think, like sure. for right now, he's no doubt the one hundred and one for me on my board. Um, just the upside as a runner is there. I think if any of these guys, he's going to be the guy that's going to be getting the goal line carries as a rookie. I think that's where he'll get drafted in the early part of the second round. Hey, and another running back that you're high on is Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He's your running back three. Uh, I think for most people, he's sitting at probably RB five in in fantasy ranks. Uh, so, so you're certainly a fan of his. He's above DeAndre Swift. Is that a is that a pro Edwards Hilaire rank or anti Swift or, or maybe a little bit of both? Yeah. So over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to do a lot more film study on these guys. I have tier one running backs as Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, DeAndre Swift, and Cam Akers, and there's a little bit of drop-off after that. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, I think those are going to be the three I'm going to be moving around. I'm pretty comfortable with Jonathan Taylor and Dobbins as my number one and my number two, but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, just for PPR leagues, he looks so comfortable as receiver. I think he caught 55 passes last year. I think Joe Burrow said he was the most talented player he's ever played, played with, and that's with Ohio State and LSU players. So there's not really a, a hold to his game outside of he's – pretty small and he he ran pretty slow but i mean his production is just off the charts and i love players that come from the big school too do you think he's clearly the best receiver of those top five backs yeah i'm kind of i'm pretty bullish on deandre swift doing that as Mm -hmm. well but his production didn't quite live up to what clyde edwards hilaire did i think those are the two guys are going to be on the field for third downs like for sure you mentioned cam Akers there he's another player uh, that seems to be gaining some value. A lot of talk about him in, in fantasy circles for sure. Uh, what's your outlook on him? Yeah, 71st percentile adjusted spark score. So he checks that box. He's got enough speed. 3.9 out of his 4.9 yards per carry came after contact per PFF. He had a ton of rushing yards and rushing touchdowns last year. I don't really see any boxes he's not checking. But I think the biggest thing that, that's going overlooked is he's also going to be a 21-year-old prospect. Um, that's the guys you want. The early declares from a Power 5 school, productive and athletic. I mean, that I'm struggling to see why he would be outside people's top five rankings. I'm hoping people will start uh, catching up to the hype. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you really don't have much in the negative column. Can you come up with anything, really? That's yeah. glaring. I mean, not really. I think if you're going to the film, I think maybe vision would be a little bit of an issue, but that's, he's still so young and you're behind, a, a, I mean, such an awful offensive line. I think some of these things you're going to see him take a ne- a, the next leap at the next level um, with some better coaches, a better offensive talent around them. Hayden, a couple of, uh, I guess you could call them sleepers, lo- at least lower ranked running backs uh, in this class. Right. Keyshawn Vaughn, Antonio Gibson, we're still a little confused if he's going to be a running back or a wide receiver, but uh, you've grouped him with your running backs for now. 
those players fell below your minimum threshold in your model. Right. How should how should readers take that or, or listeners take that? Or does that mean those are players you're avoiding? Kind of tell us what that minimum threshold really represents and if those are players you would take a chance on in round two or three of a dynasty league. Yeah, I mean there's just a point where there's not people that are above or players that are above my threshold once you get to the third round of a dynasty draft. So you have to take some flyers. Those are two names that I would do like more than others, specifically with Gibson. That's somebody that obviously I think data is going to be completely off on. He, of course he's super efficient, but I think he had 77 career touches. So any model is going to have him undervalued. He's a super volatile player. I, when I watched him, he didn't look comfortable as a receiver. He was still raw as a runner. I think they're just going to get the ball in his hands as soon as possible. I think that's going to be as a running back and as a special teams weapon. Um, so he's somebody that doesn't check analytical boxes and he failed the minimum threshold of my model, but that's somebody that I'd be willing to take a flyer on late. If you had to choose between Vaughn and Gibson, would it be Gibson? It just sounds that way with yes. the sound of your voice. Yeah. Okay. Um, so with, with Vaughn, he was productive and comes from a better school. Um, but the issue with him is he's so old. He was a redshirt senior. I think he's going to be a 23-year-old rookie. And age is really undervalued, I think, in dynasty leagues. Um, you want these players to be coming out early. Those are the best players usually. Usually you don't see the path where you're transferring out of Illinois State or out of Illinois or yeah, Illinois to go to Vanderbilt, play mm-hmm. through your redshirt senior season, and then you're, you're going to become a star in the NFL. Yeah, that makes an awful lot of sense, you know, especially the the schools he went to. It wasn't exactly Bama. Um, Folks, do you think you're smarter than an NFL GM? Do you think you're the best at fantasy football? I bet some of you do. Well, here's your chance to prove it. Dynasty Owner is the only patented fantasy sports game using actual NFL salaries and contracts. You manage your team from all levels, owner to general manager to coach. Dynasty Owner for the smart, elite fantasy football player. There's no offseason at Dynasty Owner. The rookie draft matters. Free agency matters. Every contract matters. Come do a startup draft in 2020 using actual NFL players, contracts, and salaries. Then improve your team each year with a three-round rookie rookie draft and by trading players and draft picks. Win weekly prizes, seasonal prizes, and compete in the chase for the ring. The mobile app is in development and will be ready to download on iOS and Android in time for the rookie drafts in May. Mock drafts are open now on desktop and mobile browsers. To learn more and mock draft for free, go to www.dynastyowner.com. Hayden, next up is the wide receiver position and and maybe the most uh, polarizing uh, player in this class, at least from a fantasy perspective, is Henry Ruggs, the Alabama wide receiver. It, It seems like draft Knicks love him. He's showing up early in the first round or middle of the first round and and basically every mock draft, the the real football folks seem to love him. Fantasy players, dynasty players, not so sure based on his production. He was essentially the wide receiver three or four at Alabama, and, and that's what has that's what has this concern looking at him as a possible first round dynasty rookie pick. Where do you fall in rugs? Yeah, so of course I'm huge in the analytics, but this is where the divide becomes with the analyst community and my the way I look at it. So last year I did not include a team strength variable into my models, and that's where you had Andy Isabella probably ranked too high. And this year I added a team strength model, and it really helped out. And basically what I'm seeing is Henry Ruggs is being very undervalued by the analytics community because they're not using team strength 
as one of their things. I think that we should be wanting power five players. That's where the best players go to from high school. And I think you want production from good teams where it's not filtered with garbage time. So I think that's where uh, Henry Ruggs stats are kind of being undervalued right now. Plus he was so efficient, 13.5 yards per target. That was the second best in the class that only trails CD lamb. I think we're going to get the top 15 pick in real fantasy football or real, real football. And then I think he's going to, he should be one of the top wide receivers off the board in dynasty leagues too. I think that's where um, the analytics, of course, you're going to get the production concerns, but I think there's some context here. And I don't think that market share needs to be the only thing that fantasy owners are looking at. What I said, one thing about, I said about rugs is it wouldn't surprise me if we look back a year or two from now and say, of all these receivers, he's the one that made the most immediate impact on the entire offense he goes to. Right. That doesn't mean he's going to catch a million balls, but just the effect he has on his new team could be great. Yeah, I, and I think there is there is a slight difference between real football and fantasy football here, and I, I get that's why his um, ADP is a little bit lower on these dynasty startups. Um, but I, I do think that we need to be a little cautious and not completely write him off. Deshaun Jackson's had value in fantasy football. Will Fuller's had value in fantasy football. Um, I mean, even last year, John Ross, we saw for for a minute that he could have been able to do it if he was able, able to stay healthy. I just think that there's there's too much potential with him to be completely writing him off. I think when you have an Alabama uh, highly recruited out of, out of high school, he's not the number one, but that's because Jerry Judy's an elite wide receiver prospect. And then he goes out there and crushes it in terms of efficiency, and, he's, and then the, the whole league thinks he's good. I'm not sure if I'm going to be betting against that. Yeah, Hayden, right now it seems like most dynasty players have those top two locked in with Lamb and Judy in, in whatever order you, you want there. And and then it's a race for wide receiver three. And, and there's a lot of options. Ruggs, Jalen Rager, uh, Justin Jefferson, Denzel Mims has put himself in that group now. Um, and and I'm, I'm leaving somebody out, I think. But uh, who would that third guy be for you right now in a dynasty league? Yeah, I'm really interested in Justin Jefferson. He's He's checked all the boxes. I was pretty surprised I ran a 4-4-3-40. I think I thought he was going to be a little bit closer to 4-5. That means he might be able to play on the outside, depending on where his team is. I thought he was going to be a slot receiver strictly, um, which is fine for fantasy. But he he was a 20-year-old last year, played on the best college football team that we've seen in many, many years, caught 111 passes. Um, there's just not there's basically no flaws with, with his game. I think he can win inside and outside if he needs to. And I think – out of all of them with this floor being so high, that's who I'd have as my wide receiver three uh, for fantasy football. Does T Higgins concern you considering he didn't run great? Although most guys, his size are mid four or five dudes and they do fine in the NFL, if not Excel, but that 31 inch vertical kind of sticks in my head a little bit. <laughs> that's yeah, what I was forgetting also. By the way. Right. Yes. Yeah. His burst, like you said, is that's the concerning part. It's not necessarily the long-term speed, um, I looked at his 40-yard dash. I took his 10-yard split and then his entire 40-yard dash. His 10-yard split was in the bottom second percentile among uh, drafted wide receivers like since like 2005. I mean, horrible. But then his 40-yard dash was in the, the bottom 30th percentile, which is still bad. But he, he's, mm-hmm. he's a long strider. He can run fast when he gets his speed. But like you said, with the vertical shows it. The 10-yard split shows it. He's really really poor in the first and of course he's got the size to make up for it but i think that's the difference between being a late first round pick and then and then being a second round pick maybe even like a the bottom of the second round pick so um t higgins definitely 
went down the board after those uh, pro day results. Hayden, let's uh, let's stick at the wide receiver position. Um, you, you talked about some slight differences between your model and then your personal ranks. You make some adjustments there. So who's one wide receiver that your model seemed to really love, but you're not quite sold on? Maybe you still have some concerns about. Yeah, so, so T. Higgins would kind of fall into that, but since we just talked about him, uh, Chase Claypool got a lot of love. Um, of course, his combine was off the charts, 6'4", 238, and plus he has a ton of speed and a lot of burst. Um, and then he also checked some uh, market share numbers as well. But if you read a lot of the scouting reports, and I haven't sat, I've watched a couple of games of his, but I haven't watched a ton. But if you read some of the best scouting reports out there, there's some concerns with him. So I think I have him as my wide receiver eight right now um, on my latest model. I don't think I would rank him that high. He's probably closer to like wide receiver 11 or something like that. Hmm. Um, and then on the flip side, uh, I think Devin Duvernay, is, he's my wide receiver 15 right now. Um, Michael Pittman, those are two guys I think can make a difference in, in the NFL. Those guys were both productive at Power 5 schools, and then they both had uh, decent days uh, at the combine. Even Duvernay ran 4-3-9, um, so I don't think he's getting enough love as uh, maybe something that's flying under the radar. So was it production that hurt those guys in the model or Duvernay and Pittman? Yeah, I think it was where I had them projected um, to be drafted. I think Duvernay was like maybe the fifth or sixth round, possibly. Yeah. Um, I think it'll go maybe maybe a little bit higher than that. And same thing with Pittman; he's hovering between day two and day three. Um, I think with the combine, they probably helped their draft stock a little bit, so um, they should be climbing. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, the tight end position is is so interesting in this or uh, this year because there's. There's no consensus tight end one in, in fantasy or in the NFL draft. Uh, you've got Cole Komet there as, as your top guy, uh, just barely in your top 50 at 50 overall. But then you have you have three others close uh, in that range, still in the top 75 or 80 or so. How would you attack this position in a dynasty league? Yeah, it's tough. I, I just don't think that the draft capital is going to be there. I mean, obviously, we're not dealing with a Noah Font or TJ Hawkinson. Of course, these are going to be um, be a little bit cheaper in Dynasty Leagues. I think Cole Kmet's kind of interesting. Interesting Hunter Bryant, I think, is probably someone that hurt, hurt himself a lot at the NFL Combine. But I do wonder if he tried to put on weight um, for, those, for those testing and then just didn't pay off. And maybe we would have seen... Hunter Bryant at his pro day run better. Um, so that's somebody that I think I still have interest in. It's going to be between those two for my tight end one. And then um, the two wild cards for me is just Autumn Trotman and then Albert O. Um, I was not expecting Albert O to run so fast. And then it's always impossible for me to model these F- FBS guys. So um, with Autumn Trotman, you're going to have to really take a stand here. Um, he was a really, really productive at Dayton, um, but he had average speed. Um, I'll have to just go back to the tape with him. But, I mean, in your rookie drafts, I mean, you're not going to lose any sleep if you don't come away with any of these tight ends, right? Yeah, I don't think this is the the draft to be trying to mm-hmm. get cute with it and take one of these guys. Um, if they fall and you need a spot, then I'm fine with any of those first four. But it's it's pretty bleak out there. Hayden, let's uh, let's finish up with a look at your mock draft, and and of course we'll focus just on these uh, offensive skill players. You've got Joe Burrow at number one, no surprise there. Uh, the Chargers trading up for Tua uh, up to three, and right now, depending on which ones you're looking at, it seems to be a real battle between 
Tua and Justin Herbert for that quarterback two spot. Are you seeing that as easily, Tua, and maybe he's a player worth trading up for? Yeah, for if I'm an NFL team, I think there's a, a decent gap between Tua and Justin Herbert. Um, I'm not sure if the NFL views it like that. I've seen um, a couple mock drafts from people I respect where uh, Herbert is going ahead of Tua. Um, we'll kind of have to see what the Dolphins do and what the Chargers do. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that Tom Brady doesn't go to the Chargers or something. Yeah. Um, I want both of these quarterbacks to be drafted high because I think they both could be franchise quarterbacks and uh, dynasty assets. Um, I think those are for sure the top three. Um, and then that's when you're going to have to be deciding between Jordan Loves, um, Jalen Hurts, maybe Jacob Eason kind of depends. But I think those are the top three. How confident are you? I'm quite confident that I think we'll see three rece- three quarterbacks go in the top five or at least the top six. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Uh, maybe top seven, top eight, but I don't I don't really see Justin Herbert falling or Tua. I think Tua's mm-hmm. medicals have been checking out, um, at least what, that's what the public's saying. And I think Justin Herbert's upside's too high. Um, athletic, has a huge arm. Was been, He's been touted for years now, so – um, I don't really see him sliding too much. I think I think the one guy that could slide is Jordan Love. Um, maybe he was just been hyped up by the media a little bit too much. I read one report that he might slide. Um, we'll see with him. That's somebody that I wouldn't be touching with 10-foot pole, though. We've talked uh, quite a bit about Jalen Hurts already. He was not in your round one mock, but do you think there's a chance he could sneak in, especially one of those teams trading up to get that fifth-year option? Yeah, it's possible. Um, I think his most likely landing spot would be like someone like the late second round, early third round. Um, I'm hoping some teams see the upside with him. Of course, he's going to need a little bit of development. So he's going to have to come with a team with a veteran quarterback already on the roster. Um, but we'll see. That'd be huge. I mean, we saw with Lamar Jackson kind of falling uh, almost into the second round and then that team finally takes a chance on him. And of course with his legs, you just, it, those quarterbacks just have a higher chance of paying off. So I'm hoping some team sees Jalen Hurts in the same light, um, but I think ultimately we'll, we'll, we'll see him sliding as a backup. I, I know you really like Hurts, and I have some questions, though. If Is he athletic enough to be Taysom Hill, let alone Lamar with Flacco on the field right. together? You know, like that first half of Lamar's rookie year. Like, do we have to get this guy on the field? Is he that kind of athlete? He's not. He doesn't have the speed as those guys. Yeah, but. Right, right. What he's so good at is in short yardage. Last year, Jalen Hurts led college football, not even just quarterbacks, college football, including running backs, and red zone touchdowns as a running or as a runner. He had 17 of them. I think his, I mean, he's just so strong and powerful. Um, when he's running the option, like a third and two, third and three, I think that's where his value would be. And then, of course, right next to the goal line, I think he's closer to Cam Newton. I don't think he's nearly as athletic as Cam Newton as a whole. Mm-hmm. But I think he's closer to Cam Newton than he would be um, Lamar Jackson as a runner. Uh, you've got Jordan Love coming off the board at 11 to Tampa Bay. We've, we've talked about him quite a bit. Let's look at the wide receivers. Uh, like most people, you've got them close in your mock. The Raiders taking Jerry Judy at 12. The Jets taking C.D. Lamb at 14. If that's the way it played out, how would that impact your decision in a dynasty league? Uh, Judy with the Raiders, Lamb with the Jets. Yeah, well, I think both of those would be, would be decent landing spots. You have some stability at quarterback, whether you have Derek Harper's rookie season, maybe they make a move the next year, and then Sam Darnold. Um, but the bigger thing is there's not that much competition for targets. So both of those guys would eat. 
Um, regardless, I'm buying in both of their talent. I, I have CD Lamb ranked a little bit higher, but I mean, it kind of just depends what you're looking for. If you want a, like a high-end slot receiver, fine, take Jerry Judy first. I have no problem with that. Um, and then, I mean, the, the the true wild card we keep saying is Henry Ruggs. If, he, yeah. if Henry Ruggs goes to the Broncos, which is like the most mocked thing there is, um, that could be a little bit concerning for his fantasy values. I mean, that would be a lot of mouths to feed all of a sudden, if, especially if no offense good. Um, which I think he will be. Um, but those two, if it's the Jets, if it's the Raiders, if it's the Colts, or they just traded their first-round pick. Um, yeah. But if that's even the 49ers, um, that would be a decent landing spot as well. So um, any, any of these teams in the mid-round or in the middle of the round, that's, they all look like good landing spots, except maybe for the Broncos. You have Ruggs going to Denver at 15, Jefferson going to Philly at 21. Do you agree with me though that Rugs can't get past the Eagles? Yeah, I think I think I think Rugs would be really high on the Eagles board. I would In think. fact, I think they could even be willing to trade up for one of these receivers, especially with T. Higgins kind of bombing. I think that he was probably somebody that they could have said, "Hey, we'll just stay at twenty-one. We can get T. Higgins, T. Higgins there." But um, with those pro day results, I would be surprised if he went that high. I think Justin Jefferson. Henry Ruggs, uh, maybe if CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy falls for some reason, um, they're a team that could easily be trading up. Yeah, you do have Jefferson at 21 to Philly. You've got T. Higgins at 22 to Buffalo. I'm not sure uh, where this fell as far as Higgins Pro Day versus when this was released. Do you yeah, still this see- lot came first. Yeah, yeah I, th- I thought maybe that was the case. <laughs> do you still see him hanging on to that first-round draft capital? It'll be close. I, w- I would probably say he's more likely to go in the second round now than the first round, especially with De- uh, Denzel Mims, even Brandon IU, Jalen Rager, all these guys. There's so many options. LaVisca Chenault, all it takes is a couple of these teams say, hey, this is a better fit for our personal roster, um, where T. Higgins falls back a little bit. Um, I think most teams probably are viewing T. Higgins as their long-term number two receiver, just a field stretcher, not their X receiver that's going to catch 100 passes every year. Um, and maybe that's a little bit less valuable, um, especially when you're not dealing with a speed demon like Henry Ruggs. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think we need to overreact about T. Higgins, but I think bumping him from uh, the 20th overall pick down to like the 40th or 50th overall pick is pretty necessary at this point. Yeah, I think that makes sense. A couple of those guys you mentioned uh, come late in your round one, uh, Denzel Mims to Baltimore at 28. Uh, Brandon Ayuk to Green Bay at 30. Th- both of those landing spots I would think would be huge for their for their dynasty value. Uh, Ayuk currently a, a second rounder in our early rookie mock drafts, a second rounder at best, sometimes even falling to the third. Uh, and, and then Denzel Mims kind of on that one-two border. I think this would this would really boost both of them up. Talk a little bit about Mims' potential fit in Baltimore. Yeah, so so Mims is a field stretcher. I think PFF just came out and they are releasing the routes these prospects are running. And Denzel Mims was literally just like twenty five percent of his routes were go routes or something crazy like that. Um, like zero production as screen. So with with Denzel Mims in Baltimore, you would be hopefully moving Marquise Brown into a role where he can become more of a guy in the screen game. Get Denzel Mims as a bigger guy going downfield and to just build this entire roster based off of speed. Um, I would like the fit with Denzel Mims there. Um, of course, if he gets first round draft value, I think he's a steal in dynasty leagues. And the same thing with Brandon Ayuk. I didn't realize he was going 
so late in these dynasty leagues, that'd be somebody I'd be targeting for sure. I think he could be a top 40 pick um, and just crush. I mean, especially if you got the Packers, some of these, some of these good teams, maybe the chiefs, if they move on with um, from Sam, Sammy Watkins that, um, I mean, he's so lengthy. He had, he was a 76 percentile adjusted spark athlete. That's somebody that I would be wanting to target. Ryan, do you think the Ravens are a terrible landing spot? No, I think they're a great landing spot. I mean, they just don't throw a lot. Well, they throw enough, and last year they're thrown to Willie Sneed and Seth Roberts. So, well, I know they need a guy. I mean, anybody that you put in there, take Sneed and and Roberts' total stat line and give it to uh, Denzel Mims, and that looks pretty good. Oh, I hear you there. Good point. Back to the Packers that you've got them again taking Ayuk. We're assuming Ruggs is going to be gone. Uh, earlier in the first, but it seems like they're in a great position late in the first to pick off one of these speed guys, Ayuk or Rager, uh, whoever it might be. They're, they're going to have some, some good choices there late in the first and and their need is just so obvious. Yeah. And it was pretty obvious that they're going to add at least one, maybe two like legit starting players to their offense. And I thought that was going to be Austin Hooper potentially. Of course he did not Mm. sign with the Packers. Maybe they're just saying we're going to go all in on this, this uh, rookie receiver class, which I couldn't blame them. Uh, and with a 30th overall pick, they'll have a bunch of guys, maybe LaVisca, Chenault. I mean, there's so many guys. And what's great about Devontae Adams is he's so versatile. He can win basically all over the field that you can get a vertical weapon. You can get a big body guy like LaVisca, Chenault underneath. I mean, anything plays on that offense. And uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has got to be asking for some upgrades. What what they were trying out last year was an embarrassment, really. It, it really was. <laughs> Uh, Hayden, we have covered a ton of players yeah. uh, in this rookie class today. Any anybody that we didn't talk about that you want to throw out before we wrap it up? I'll go with a, with with two guys here. So Gabriel Davis, receiver from UCF, kind of checked a lot of boxes. I haven't really heard his name uh, mentioned too much. Uh, I mean, he's athletic enough. He's super young. He averaged over 103 yards at UCF. And keep in mind, this is a good UCF team, not a bad. Uh, group of five teams. So that's it. That's another big, big emphasis of mine. Um, and then let me find a running back for you guys real quick. Let me scan my list. Maybe Joshua Kelly. Uh, mm. Mm, good one. Super productive. Um, he's not too flashy, but maybe he can get a, be like a worthwhile fourth or fifth round pick for an NFL team. Maybe he can slide in as a, as a compliment back. Um, that's something that I would be paying attention to. Yeah, I'm not sure why people don't have him as the seventh or eighth back in this draft. Yeah, he's he's going to be like around, I think RB nine, maybe RB ten for me. Um, ho- hopefully, I mean, if he gets if he gets a little bit higher uh, praise from people watching film, then I'll probably bump him up a little bit. Um, I'm just not sold that his draft capital is going to be there, but the rest of his profile looks good. Hayden, really good stuff today. We appreciate yeah. all of it. Tell our listeners where they can find your work. Yes, everything's going to be at rotorworld.com, but you can find me on Twitter at Hayden Winks. um, And yeah, everything will be linked there. All right, great stuff again. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll be back next time with more Dynasty Blueprint.